Hi, Slip Angle listeners. This is Rob from Fields Auto Works and Fields Engineering. We're really excited to be supporting great content on Slip Angle, and we hope you'll find your way over to our social media pages to see some of the exciting work that we're doing. Fields Auto Works has Cardinal Coupes being delivered and Toyota Coupes in build for testing this summer, with more exciting models on the near horizon. If you're ready for supercar performance for under $70,000 or professional prototype speed for under $150,000, stop by FieldsAutoWorks.com to see what we offer. At Fields Engineering, we have openings for major builds, arrive and drive customers, and medium to large engineering projects. We have capabilities ranging from whole composite body scratch builds to 3D scanning and printing to trackside support. We're also thrilled to be supporting regular guy racing with Colton Wade driving in GLTC and the exciting new Future Frontrunners initiative to promote women in club racing. As a Fields customer, you get the combined experience of IndyCar builders, IMSA veterans, aerospace engineers, and lifetime racers working on your next big endeavor. If that sounds like a team you're interested in working with every day, you can also contact us about our open shop positions. Find Fields Auto Works on social media and at fieldsautoworks.com, and find Fields Engineering on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Hey, we're recording things. There we go. All right, I can hear you. All right, well, we're uh, we're chatting on the phone. It's Friday night. Um, got Luke McGrew here, and uh, Luke and I have hung out a few times this year. It's been kind of fun, actually. Um, and then all of a sudden, he sold his GLTC car, and he's building another one. So uh, we got things to talk about. We got we got to talk about why he's building another one and what it is, and uh, also. Um, Luke found us our Grid Life Dino trailer and taught me how to use it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was uh, that was a project. So, what's up, buddy? How's your Friday night? Oh, pretty good. Same as every Friday night in the last couple. I don't know, two months. Yeah, just <laughs> working on a car. Just building another freaking race car, huh? Yeah, building another race car. What? Uh, what's the What's the car du jour? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... It's a 2001 C5, <laughs> and uh, which most people probably know, but they um, Corvette. And the uh, I'm just kind of uh, it's a full. I think I bought the cheapest running driving Corvette in the country, possibly. Was that was like the engine and trans and everything totally solid on that? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> the engine, I don't know. Um, I mean, it ran fine. It didn't smoke. You know, I drove up the road. The trans pilot bearing was shot right um the thing didn't shift very good i had like a monster clutch in it and i don't know if it was done right and so i sent the trans and the differential out to have reserviced and then i found out like the uh oddly enough the reverse gear <laughs> was bad i don't know how that happens the reverse uh, gear yeah like the reverse gear stuff uh, the fifth gear and sixth gear was all bad really yeah, and they did like a standard rebuild or whatever, stage one, whatever they want to call it, like the, the bronze guides and right. all that jazz. And then the diff, oddly enough, I think these uh, Corvettes have like a some spring-loaded diff, and supposedly after 80,000 miles, from what I've been told and read and everything else, 
they pretty much break, and then you have to like you know rebuild them or the diff. It's not really operational. Yeah, they're just like an open and, diff at that point. Yeah, and uh, but 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 for some reason, my diff housing when they tried to put the uh, the diff the axle seals back in, right? Uh, one side of it, like I don't know if the thing been overheated at one point in time or what, but they just they wouldn't fit. They just fall right in there. So they had to order another axle case, axle housing case. Really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like basically the whole diff and transmission is brand new <laughs> <laughs> yeah used brand new I, I, matter of fact i think it clogged up i sent it to maryland it's uh rtk transmissions and they uh it was so dirty this car was in most of his life in florida i got it in cleveland but um man there was like, like part of me thinks i didn't have a salvage title but part of me thinks it's it's been under a little bit of water but there's like so much sand caked in everything and yeah it, my trans in the diff clogged up his cleaning machine it was so he's like he's never seen one that dirty in his life. really yeah but it actually came <laughs> i guess all the grease like preserved it because it looks it looks brand new now you uh, got like a, yeah, a nice non-oxidized housing <laughs> correct yeah there's no oxidation because the grease just kept it protected that's um, funny yeah so the engine uh you know paul and jeremy <laughs> keep ragging on me about a dry sump but um you know, the engine's got 120,000 miles. I had the heads just basically cut. What engine know, is it? What what kind? What oh, kind it's LS6. So it's, it's a, a factory LS6. It was a Z06 then, right? Correct, it's a Z06. That's got the factory dry sump, right? No, that that would be a C6. Z06. Oh, yeah. That's, C5s yeah. did okay, not. Okay, that's right. This this thing's got a wild batwing oil pan. Right. And it's two pieces. And I think they made it specifically uh, to not oil starve and... You know, supposedly, you know, I think if you add extra oil and keep extra oil in it, you know, I also bought some, uh, there's a company that makes some like piano hinges or whatever you call it, baffles. Yep. And, and so I put those in, I put a crank scraper in. So I kind of like, if, if the, you know, for 120,000 mile engine, I didn't really feel like, uh, putting a, putting a dry sump on it. Yeah. Cause if it right. fails, I'm going to, it's going to wipe half that out. It's going to be cleaned and new right. lines and blah, blah, blah. I, I think so I a, talking to you earlier, I had a I had a buddy uh, who did a like a probably a fifty sixty hundred days on a stock Z06, um, and yeah. I think he just had a baffle and like I think he just overfilled it a quart. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I think if we were still in Hoosiers, I'd probably be a little bit more concerned. But I, I know the G loads are slightly low. You know, laptops are pretty much faster. I think the G loads are slightly lower. So yeah, only a few we'll only a few happens. points, but yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the as far as like engine trans and diff goes, like it doesn't seem like a GLTC car has too much issues because you're basically taking a bunch of horsepower out. Is there anything that you're worried about as far as like what you're looking to preserve or make better? Like, what's the thought line when you're building a C5? Uh, well, I'm in like a Corvette chat now, and you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll take a random picture of just something I'm doing, and between Paul Curley and Swenson and and Lewis Gelati's in there, and Matt Peterson, and Clayton, like everybody has a, uh, like, I'll just post something when I'm working on it, and they're like, oh, you better do this, this, and this. So I, I think a lot, a lot of these guys, I mean, there's tons of information between a handful of dudes there, Adam's in there. And, uh, you know, some of it's just, I think, you know, they're used to building these 600-horsepower Corvettes. Right. So right. I think there's just a standard thing you do, and, and you always just kind of lose sight that, hey, we're only running at two-something, but... You know, I, I, I guess having the ability to crank it up or track day or to go play or whatever is kind of nice. So Yeah, that is kind of a cool I, feature in a car. So Yeah, so so I think 
that, that's part of the reason I sold my Miata. I started calculating how much I could get out of the whole. Yeah, so you had an you had, a, you had yeah. an NC MX5 with like a cra- couple of crazy built motors and. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and that car was just uh, I mean Justin Lee has it now, and I mean it, it was like you know it was a quick car and it, yeah. it just you know there's always something. It, and, it won some races, but how many motors did you put in that thing? Uh, I think I swapped motors nine different times. And how many transmissions? Uh, like five? Uh, probably. Well, because I had to, probably three or four, and then we switched to five speeds. And, right. and the matter of fact, once I switched five speeds, that one's that one's still in there. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, if it wasn't the engine, which we kind of maybe got sorted eventually, or the trans, which we also kind of maybe got sorted eventually, there's. I think I had four different factory OEM wiring harnesses Good that just grief. failed, and um, and then we'd have <laughs> like sensors, like crank sensors, cam sensors. As a matter of fact, my crank sensor failed at NCM. So yeah. it was just like I yeah. didn't get to race the last race. It's it was cutting out. It started cutting out on the dyno. Uh, I, I borrowed a um, cam sensor from Jeff Preston, which seemed to fix it. And then by by race three, I, I had to like the last lap. Literally, I just like let everybody go and kind of pulled off. Yeah. Every time I go to gas, it would break up, and I was just like, "I'm not wanting to hold all these people." It's like a trade behind me. So, um, so yeah, I was like, "Well, I got home, and you know, the car's just been kind of aggravating." And uh, I was like, "You know, something new and fresh, and and and, and really, to be honest, like by the time I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty hefty build on this thing with components, I guess, but like I'm not going to be out that much." More, more money i mean i think we're talking five ten grand yeah. like difference which is kind of you know crazy so what i'm looking for is reliability i think more than anything which i think when you detune something like this it's got to be that's not the worst idea knock on, yeah. yeah knock on wood it's got to be reliable but who knows yeah, and you're so you had like a two you had like a custom bottom end that was like wasn't it a 2.4 or something liter 2.3 current uh, 2.5 yeah, pistons the, yeah yeah the last engine that was that survived well over a year um, was a is a two let's see is a two point five block right. with a two point four uh, crank a two point three crank and it seemed like that I mean it was pretty reliable but that was pretty much a full effort tune it was like all you could get out of it right correct yeah, um, yeah just you know with the ITBs and stuff it made uh, matter of fact they didn't see them I just put them back on because yeah where the dyno was reading maybe marginally low before um, before the new software and everything the uh, yeah, the car just, you know, it was like right in between 245, 255. Uh, you know, I had a pretty peaky, you know, dyno range or horsepower, you know, whatever. Uh, right. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and I had a dip in it. Like that car, that engine always had a dip. It was a bad dip, camp. too. I mean, it would, it would just flatten out and then keep going after that. But it was a big dip. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't flat. It would actually drop and then yeah. come back. And it, I don't know if it's like a, a weird frequency thing or whatever, but but some but, kind of harmonic yeah, and intake manifold. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think the two five in that car was the best engine, for the exception of you know <laughs> they kept blowing up. Right. I, I think like the higher compression, well, the higher the higher you know displacement and the higher compression because I had a higher compression uh, two five in the car. I think that was better, and I actually had another engine being built, and it got done a little bit after I sold the car to Justin. I ended up selling the engine to him, so I think that will be like a really good engine in the car. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, at that point, I was ready to move on. Yeah, you put a few years into that. I mean, and you won some races. You you were per, you were like a perennial top ten driver. Um, 
like, what was the furthest you really finished in that car? It was probably like what, fifteen? Uh, furthest back. back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, prob probably didn't see him there. Um, I mean, it wasn't. Was it, on... It's like it was a good combo, but it was also like a frustrating car for you. So. Correct, and and I think the car was really like I don't know. I feel like it was really really good on Hoosiers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like its, its advantage was like crazy corner speed, and kind of when that gets taken away a little bit. You know, it's uh, it wasn't quite as good, but like I said, MCM I had some issues with it. I wouldn't plan on racing. I was planning on coming to for, do the help with you with the dyno, and I'm right. like, oh, I'll race anyway. <laughs> I had the wrong tires and everything, so. Yeah, it it was a fun weekend though. We like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Eric had Eric uh, Meadows had towed the dyno down to AMP, and we had yep. dynoed a few cars. Um, but uh, it was more like getting to know it kind of thing. And then uh, I dragged it down to NCM. And then uh, you and I, I think we dyno. We dyno a lot of cars. Like, Yeah, I don't even know how many we did. It felt like, and, and you know, you might have did more than me, obviously, because I was racing too. But We, we, I, we probably did 50 cars, though. Yeah, I know it was a lot. And, and it seemed like me, you, and Jason, I think, was doing most of them. And they were, man, we were just kind of banging them out. It's just like, cranking them out. I, I love yeah, strapping cars. Yeah, one guy went on one thing, one guy doing another, one guy doing something else. And it's like, bam. Yeah. And like, I know we had a little bit of, like, now with that new hardware, I'm guessing that with the laptops, like, USBs, everything's easier, I would imagine. It, it's not bad. Um, right now, uh, so at Festival, I didn't operate it. I had uh, Josh Fettis and Adam Nielsen run it. And Josh runs a dyno out in Iowa. I think Iowa? I don't know. South yeah. Dakota? Uh, he, runs a, he runs a dyno for a living. And so he used his laptop. Um, my laptop is pretty much like out of memory, so randomly it like doesn't sync with stuff, and it like freezes okay. the, freezes the program. But it uh, even with my dyno, even with my crappy laptop, it like it worked like it goes really really well. Um, but now you got the nice yeah. uh, on off button switch, right? The start stop yep. break, whatever. Yeah, the it's uh, like everything about it is nicer, and all the everything is brand new aside from literally yeah. aside from literally the wheel on the roller, you know. So yeah, yeah. and again, I think. DinoJet said maybe not worry about greasing it. I, I think I told you that, but um, Dude, I spun it the other day. Like I unlocked it and I spun it by hand, and yeah. the thing spun for like just by pushing it. It was doing like one one RPM every like or, or one one revolution like every three three or four seconds. Yeah, that's crazy. And it spun for like a minute and a half. So it, the bearings are definitely not bad, but yeah. Well, I mean, as you know, like talking before y'all bought that thing. It belonged to a friend of mine, and it was their personal dyno. Like, and, and they used it a little bit to take the car shows, right. but they didn't do that very long. And and I, I bet the thing don't have like 100, 200 pulls on it before you got it. Yeah, I mean, y'all probably put more pulls on it than it's actually had. I think he was he was estimating Jeff, the guy that we bought it from, was estimating like it might have three hundred pulls on it. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. It's like yeah. you know, I, I think I like so my local dyno that I use. I think I have. More than anybody, I think I have 120 pulls on my local data. Yeah, the um, the this thing is fresh, man. It's solid. Um, yeah. Uh, upgrading to WinPEP 8 has been uh, it's it's definitely. I mean, that costs a little bit of money, but like it's a nicer system to use, and it's kind of nice that it's all like external mounted. And basically, I throw it all in a box. I just unplug the, I unplug the air brake. I unplug the uh, the the roller sensor and then we just carefully wind all the cords up and throw it in the rv instead of like let it rattle around in the uh in the bottom of the in the bottom of the dyno but 
Yeah, um, I think that's a lot better. And, uh, and so we went probably. to an external air compressor, actually, which worked out pretty oh, yeah. nice instead of the little 12-volt air compressors. Those things took forever to run. Um, but uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was probably ideal for, like, I don't know what it was ideal for, maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those, the know. compressors just, like, got super hot. I, st- I burned myself at festival on them, like, because oh, wow. <laughs> they got to be, like, 250 degrees. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like that. Like I'd say, if you were going to do something like that, you probably got some really heavy duty right. compressors or something. Even though there's two of them there. You yeah, know. they were two little like Valair or Vier or whatever. But yeah, um, Vier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I learned more about a uh, Dino Jet than I wanted to because you know I called when we first got the thing here in my driveway. I, I, they're really good to deal with, but I spoke with those guys. I don't know five times. They're unbelievable. Like their customer service is unreal. Yeah, it really is. And, like, and, and we didn't even buy new from them, right? I mean, like, you know, that was a <laughs> that was a secondary purchase. Right, right. And um, but, but the, what, what we obviously came to find out was that old um, hardware, which still works. Um, yeah, the WinPep Seven but, hardware, which is like a it's like a it's like a stack of computer parts and yeah. a bunch of random sensors it was, and stuff. Yeah. It was designed in like 1993, so it's I mean, you can think how far. Yeah, it's really old and. And I think at the end of the day, like if something failed, you're you're just out because you can't right. you know, get on eBay and try to buy used parts. So it made sense. I'm glad y'all did it. Yeah. So what did you have to do when you got it to your house? What did you have to actually fix? Oh my! Um, you had to put a switch in it. You had to put a battery in it. But like, yeah, Eric, it was like Eric got two the days of like diagnosing. So. Yeah, Eric Eric uh, Meadows helped me. Randy helped me. Uh, he, he went and got batteries. Uh, we actually both went and picked it up, and then we just. The, we found the relays to the, uh, you know, the air compressors weren't working at all, so we swapped the relays, um, rewired that stuff in. Um, oh yeah, so the hardware, I had to I had to like take the the bottom board apart and solder the on off switch just to be continuous on. So basically, if you plugged it in or didn't plug it in, it was on or off. There wasn't you know the switch the switch had failed, so the thing wasn't powering on. So that, that wasn't that big of a deal. We had to get a fuse for it. Um, they have like this little weird fuse that you have to order. Uh, so yeah, it was a handful of things, but at the end of the day, it really, it, you know, I think it just set, it, it set inside in a, in a barn for forever. Dude, and I, it, I can't imagine how bad it would have been if it sat outside. It would have been terrible. Oh, it would have been ruined. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I think the first few times we ran it, like with the brake, I think the brake was slightly sticking. Right. And, and then we figured up, you know, I think when I ran the manual, there's two different brakes for that thing. And, one requires 60 psi and one requires 100 and that was 100 right and um you know so once the brake pads kind of smoked the rust off of them it, it was pretty good <laughs> yeah 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 at festival we just uh took apart one of those orange uh the boys the boys took apart one of the orange tire fillers because basically this thing when you get it in position you deflate the tires and drop it onto some wood blocks um, yes. And so we we took apart one of those things, and they like put a, f- a male fitting in place of a female fitting or a plug or something, so you can just plug a, a compressor straight into the tank, um, which works pretty good. Um, so that's probably yeah. how we're going to configure it because it's pretty, pretty much works exactly the same way. Yeah, right? you're yeah, just you're just, a, yeah, you're just everything's external and one ten volt versus internal and twelve volt. So um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's what I, that's I what I did with Autobahn. So and I wouldn't trust those. You know, old pumps too long if they're getting that hot. So. Yeah, I like it, they ended up working for the first day at festival, but like you'd have to whack the one on the left with a hammer. Um, <laughs> and, and I took them apart and oiled them and stuff, but like you'd still have to Doesn't like. Matter. No, it's they're basic little pumps, but they were just getting hot. They were, yeah. they, they would run for like thirty minutes at a at a clip, you know. 
Yeah. So yeah, just just gonna redo a few things down there, but it it worked fine at Audubon. Just just ran a little Makita external like pancake compressor. So yeah, um, I kind of feel like with the Dino in check, um, it's probably a big improvement overall. And I, I, I know you know we've seen some stuff here and there that uh that we that you think Dinos are consistent across the country. And and Dino and, jets you know, on a certain setting are supposed to be. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I were talking the other day, and and I would guess like there's probably a range of like up to eight percent or more. Yeah, yeah. And I think some of it just from talking to them is those weather stations, you know, like it's those almost old it's, weather... it's almost all got to be that. Yeah, yeah, because I think they were from what I found out, and and apparently nobody ever did it because they don't even do it anymore. But those were supposed to be sent back in, you know, every X amount of six months or year to be calibrated, recalibrated. Mm-hmm. And nobody did that. And and so the new one, I don't think requires that at all. So right. I think when you're driving across the country, it seems like, like, cause I've been on a lot of dinos before I got a local one, but a lot of the older ones, I just kind of felt like they read low anyway. Right. Um, and that's probably why. And then like the newer ones all seem to read a little bit more, but, but you know, I think no matter what, they can be a little different. Yeah. But it, now we have the same person. You know, you get the same one, same day. You know, you can't get no better than that. Right. And, and really, for a bunch of drivers, it's been. Uh, it was always like for the last couple of years, there's always been the sob story of like, I, the nearest dyno jet is eight hours away, or I can't get on a dyno jet, or 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 or. It's always something, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's been kind of a convenience for the drivers for the most part. Um, yeah, and we're we're charging like literally half price to strap onto a dyno because it doesn't take very long and they're already there and uh, yeah. it saves them a day of work and blah blah blah. So kind of uh, part of the event. It seems to draw a crowd all the time. Dude, which at, is cool. at festival it was <laughs> like it. Next year it's going to be under its own tent. There's going to be like a carnival barker with a PA system. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be nuts next year. I can't wait. <laughs> so, or uh, yeah, be I, I guess. Um, no track has problems with bringing it, obviously. Nobody say anything. Um, noise is the biggest concern. Somehow. Really, the biggest concern was at uh, NCM. I mean, you and I were you and I were running it, and we like strategically placed a couple of trailers, and then oh I yeah, put, that's right. I, I, I put that. Uh, <laughs> I have this big like triangle canopy that I put, that I can attach to my RV. It's like thirty feet or forty feet by forty feet by forty feet, and I attached it to a trailer and pulled it across like above the exhaust. Uh, above where like you know you pull a, a rear wheel drive car on and because it would have been aiming at the sound meter which is like in the opposite side of the paddock yeah um, so that kind of like created like a muffler like funneling it around some trailers and stuff which worked pretty good so yeah, that's, yeah apparently it worked good because yeah, we never got bounced for it yeah we were, and we were running we were running like after the track went cold too so uh, yeah yeah that wasn't a big deal and AMP it wasn't a problem nobody said anything we ran we ran a few cars later at night at AMP. Yeah, I guess if the cars are legal on track, they theoretically should be legal on the dyno too, right? Yeah, we ran cars until 11.45 at Festival too. So. Oh, wow. Or 11.30, I think, p.m. But, um, yeah, it, uh, it's been, it's been, I think it's been a really cool piece of the events. It's been a convenience for the drivers, and it's also kind of like you get five or ten GLTC drivers on there. And they and they're all like, oh well, I guess I got to change things. It's only like they're only changing five or six percent here or there, you know, yeah. uh, or two or three percent. But like we've noticed that it's tightening up the parity in the top end. Um, yeah, and it's also just a convenience for everybody else. So I appreciate you finding this 
thing. Yeah, yeah, us. no problem. It was, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, the, I think it's like I knew about it for at least a year or two, and right. he just let me know, like, hey, I'm not advertising it, you know, and then, I don't know, we got to talk, and I'm like, hey, I, I know of a dyno. <laughs> it's, like, probably a pretty decent price. Yeah, so, I, here, I sent yeah. you some tires. You swapped the tires, lubed the hubs, and off we yeah, went. Yeah. So. yeah, we did dyno pulls in my driveway. <laughs> my neighbors, <laughs> they probably hate me anyway, so yeah. it didn't change anything. But I, it, um, it was the coolest feeling um, when I got my car ready to go this year because I swapped the setup to, like, a turbo D-series, and... Uh, and my buddy Mikey was going to remote tune, uh, and I literally just went over to my building and like yep. pulled it out with my forklift, and he tuned it in my building's parking lot. It was the freaking coolest. <laughs> so. Yeah, like like uh, that's that's uh, like my local guys. Um, it's a performance shop and an auto body shop. Man, they they're great. It's just nice because like they let me just come over there and. I run it and everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go like they don't even want you in the room, but you know, here in West Virginia, I guess, for, you know, they, I don't know. This is like, I know the guys pretty well and, and it's kind of nice to have free reign when you need to, to right. tune and everything else. But for but, some people, it's like, it's tough to get to one. So I think it big picture, it's probably pretty convenient. I think the, like the myriad buddies, they were, I think the nearest dino jet that they could get to was like six hours away. Oh my so, lord! Yeah, I used so, to complain because I, mean, I had to go like three hours. It's <laughs> like a day and a half of your life, you know, to get to that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, it's two days driving almost. Right. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I should be. Everybody should be thankful. Actually, super thankful. Well, for that. we're trying to make it cheap too. So, but yeah. but Luke is the one who made us spend a bunch of money. So. Yeah, <laughs> good job. Hopefully, you can make it all back. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's uh, as far as the C5 goes? What's your build timeline? It looks like it's getting pretty close. Uh, it is. I, <laughs> um, you know, the the engine's been in and the trans and the drive. You know, the whole drive line the suspension. I, like all the suspension parts. Like I cleaned them all up. I mean, they came. They almost look brand new. Like I've just I've kind of been waiting on parts and um, what, waiting on certain things. What are you doing as and, far as like brakes and suspension and stuff? Well, uh, so suspension, Jeremy hooked me up with the Vikings, mm-hmm. so I thought I'd give those a shot. I mean, he's did quite well on them, so uh, they're already on the car. Um, the brakes, I was going to leave factory, and I've, I've got a turn 14 account. And I, 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 got a, I found a really good deal on a set of trophies, and I didn't know what they were, but they were like pretty cheap. And I don't know if they've had them setting up there for a while. Mm-hmm. So I ordered them. I'm like, worst case, if they're not they were four C5 and worst case, if they're like not what I want or not what I need, I'll send them back. And sure enough, they showed up and they're nickel trophies. And I'm like, well, so I just ordered the rear to match, but it's going to be a while for those to come in. Um, yeah, as far as like, you know, I, I, I'm swapping the MK60, uh, ABS system in okay. and it's, you know, I bought a harness for that. It's like a whole ordeal. So I had to run, I, basically the car got stripped down the doors off, uh, you know, fenders hood, Everything was out, and and um, all the wiring's gone, and all the the uh, the brake lines I took out. So it, I got it kind of down to a frame, yeah. and I actually re-cleaned and repainted all the frame rails, all the rear end, everything underneath the car, and and it's just like mechanical. Like it looks incredibly good, and and, and I think some of that's just where I've had time. It's like a like, brand new, yeah, it's a brand new car now. Right. Yeah, it's probably better than a. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Like I've almost impressed myself with, with how good it looks. And I think the exterior of the body, I don't remember what it looks like, but it'll probably be worse than the rest of it, which is fine. I'd rather it be like a mechanically, you know, or just clean to work on, et cetera, et cetera. But 
but, but then like the cage, I used a Kutil's guy, Adam Brock out of Ohio. He came to my house and uh, welded my cage. I, I bought a cage kit from Track Spec, I think, who so has it for Spec Corvette. Mm-hmm. Same as Paul has and Adam. And yeah, he came. 24 hours. He was here 24 hours. No way. That really? guy is a machine, a machine. I, you know, most, most people I've seen weld will weld for like 10 minutes and like, you know, dick off for 45 minutes. Yeah. And, and this guy just kept on keeping on and, and he knew what he was doing. And he's, you know, I, I, just, I couldn't say enough about, you know, we, we had a agreed price and like, I don't care how quick it got done, but I was really impressed. He got done. And I think he showed up at three o'clock on a Monday or Tuesday and was packing up at three o'clock the next day. That's really, and he sleeps like in his van, and, right? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, now that, you know, we worked till about yeah maybe eleven o'clock at night. Um, got up in the morning, you know, finished. But yeah, he he, he has a shop too. It's nine height, I think nine H I O. So it looks like Ohio with a nine. Mm-hmm. And he has a shop in Cincinnati. But like I said, this the. Uh, the fit him in the cage. We didn't have to. We didn't have to change anything. Like we didn't have to grind anything. Oh wow! He tacked it all together and like like you know he knows what he's doing. So like fitting it like he has all these little tricks. Um, but like yeah, the the, the thing fit incredible. Nice. Uh, it was, it's all like CNC bent and cut. Yeah, the design looks Mark good too. The, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Like I, I was just kind of surprised how quick it went in. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I spent like the next two days painting it you know, prepping, painting everything. I had the firewall stuff already painted. Um, and then, and then I started wiring about a week ago <laughs> and I'm still working on wiring, man. Oh man. The wiring looks good too. Pictures look solid. Yeah. I've got the seat in. I got my sippy cup. In already. <laughs> I, know, I noticed that. <laughs> um, the harnesses are in like basically everything that goes in the car is in the car. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the wiring stuff, I, I've got an AIM PDM that I bought off Justin Kelly, actually, because they're out of stock for who knows how long. Oh, wow. Another guy offered to buy it from me. Um, but I got that with a Haltech ECU. Okay. And um, I'm kind of, yeah, I don't know if it's the best way of doing it, but it's the way I decided to do it after talking to a couple people. Um, you know, I'm kind of running like sub harnesses out of the PDM. And then into what they go with Deutsch connectors. So, so basically, and everything's labeled. I'm labeling everything as I go. So, so if I ever need to go in and get anything, I don't have to pull this one massive connector out and oh, yeah. think like what goes where. So I've, I've like, like like the rear brake lights have like six, you know, new wires coming to them, and those are all labeled and and, and like just everything, uh, every part of it. I've kind of got on like different whether it's a four pin or three pin or two pin or eight pin Deutsch connector, kind of with the same parts going to the you know mm-hmm. to that one plug so i just know what's where later i i know like you know after building the miata like it's only my second full race car i've built but you learn so much that what you want to do the next time yeah right? yeah i imagine yep. <laughs> and, and i'm kind of incorporating that but the pro like the wiring's just like it's been a lot i think i'll be done by the weekend right um but like I'm, it's taken me versus just like kind of doing it generically it's taken me way longer but I'm, you know, everything's getting sheathing. Everything's, you right. know, it's Tefzel wiring everywhere. Oh, um, wow. Everything's pinned. So yeah, I, it's gonna, it's nice, but it just to make everything look pretty takes an incredible amount of time. So what, uh, what halter did you go to? An Elite twenty five hundred. Yeah, it's a twenty five hundred Elite. Um, uh, through, you know, Chris actually talked to him earlier. Um, so yeah, we we were talking about going to Nexus because they, you know, they have a. It's a PDM. PDM. Yeah, PDM yeah. and ECU hybrid kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. but what they what they what they we can make it a jumper. Like they don't they, they already have LS harness for the twenty five hundred. Oh wow. And and I'm I'm a really big uh, fan of Ames. You know, obviously their track data. Right. And and just the way the pricing worked out, it, it was better for me to get a, the PDM because I think they pretty much give you the screen. I mean, I got a ten inch screen and the PDM. So it's so like that with a Haltech versus just doing an AIM and having to buy an AIM dash was about two grand cheaper. So really? for me, it was like a no brain. Yeah. Um, so, so the Haltech harness still like basically controls everything, the engine, the PDM right. kind of controls the ECU and the lights. And, you know, I yeah. got a can pad that even my cool suits on the can. I mean, it's pretty, pretty neat. And you probably don't have that big of an electrical requirement. Like, uh, with no. this kind of car, it's a pretty basic car. Yeah, and I've kind of, uh, you know, I've tried, I've, I've actually, I bought all LED stuff for the lights because the lights are probably one of the biggest, you know, power draws, right. at, you know, with just bulbs as yeah, far as one. Fuel pumping know. lights is pretty much all you got. You're not doing yeah. tons of things on it. So. Correct. And I think, like I said, like, I'm, I've kind of got a little bit of a hybrid. The Haltech harness has uh, four relays for right. the fuel pump, ignition, starter, and something else. Yep. And... Instead of taking all that apart and running it, because I could have ran that into the PDM and just yep. like, you know, made, but it, like, it really didn't make sense. So I still have those four fuses and relays. It's a pretty clean I, little box, too. My 1500. It's that. super clean yeah. and small. And so I kept it. And what I'm doing with the PDM is I'm actually firing the relays with it. So, oh, okay. So I have tons. So, so yeah, I'm still turning the, you know, everything on and off with the PDM. But it, it works out pretty genius. I've talked to, Gilbert helped me a, a tremendous amount. I don't know if you know Gilbert. Um, he he helped. He did, he wired Felipe's car. Um, he used to be with like uh, you know Justin Kelly and. Oh yeah, he's, he's been at he's been all the events this year. Yep. Yeah, guy's a genius on on wiring. Super nice me, dude too. Super nice dude. He sent me his whole. He had like a spreadsheet already built. Um, oh cow. Yeah, so I kind of like with what? with everything, and, and and so I've kind of made it my own and added more stuff. And and then I actually talked to uh, Andy Smegard because he's really good with these too. I talked right. to him yesterday because I was kind of perplexed about something, and he answered that pretty quick. And uh, so yeah, with the couple guys and, and Chris Law from Haltech, you know, they like every once in a while I'll stump myself because some of the stuff can get it's hard to get your head wrapped around. Yep. Yeah, it's a big so, project to to do everything and start over too. So yeah, yeah I think with the ABS. Uh, the ABS, you kind of look at it, and I feel like I've been building it about two months now, I think, and uh, it's all went by pretty quick, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I actually do like doing this, but I've spent pretty much every evening and every weekend working on it. Um, thanks to my wife that hasn't killed me yet, but uh, I think I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll definitely be done for mid-Ohio. It's, it's whether I get, you know, is my air dam going to be 100% the way I want it and stuff like that. I think that's right. going to be pushing towards the end. But I hate doing air dams and, and under trays or whatever. <laughs> I like, I'd rather pull the engine again. It's just, you know, they're hard to, like, cut plastic and make it look good and all that stuff. So it's tough right. for me. But. What do you end up, what do you, like, what are your, what are your uh, plans for air dam and wing and wing or no wing or tires uh, or anything like that? Yeah, so right now, you know, basically, I've, I've got the same, uh, Jeremy has a bigger one, but I, I've got the same, I'm not planning on running a wing. I'm planning on running just a spoiler. Right which is the same as like Paul Curley's and actually I messaged Paul earlier. Cause I think like, like in my opinion, you know, sorry, Jeremy, the, uh, like Paul's car, like the front end, just looks fabulous. And so, you know, dude, it looks so good. To, it's also, it the, looks really, really good. It's like it the lowest car and, we've ever put in the dyno. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it needs to be that low or mine because I'll probably rip it off into my trailer. But, but like, I'm just kind of going to replicate his front end, I believe, for the most part, because I just think it looks clean. Um, yeah, it, it does I, look really, really good. It's a great looking car. Yeah, and I, as far as tires, like right now, I just bought one set of wheels. I, mean, I got the factory wheels, but I think they're too small for the brakes. But I, I, right now, I've got Falcons. I'll, I'll do the you know the 285 front and 305 rear, kind of the, the stagger setup. Right. And, we, allow, uh, we allow staggers now. So. Yeah, there's a lot of argument with you know Falcons, and I guess now we have the Nexon and, and, and Falcon. Yeah. Kumo, I'm sorry. So yeah, well, so yeah the, the new Nexon is also currently allowed. Um, I don't foresee correct. it. I don't foresee it being a dominator tire. It's uh, it. It seems like it's going to be right in the ballpark. So yep. yeah. So for me, I think I'm just going to. I need to get the car out and drive it. You know, I've got. Yep. I haven't. I've never. I've owned a Corvette. My, like we, I've owned a Corvette for three days. Like back in 2012, we bought a Grand Sport, and then my wife. <laughs> Decided she didn't want it. We got rid of it three days later. What but, um, what gen? <laughs> uh, that was a six gen, a six gen. Yeah, yeah. It's like a new 2012 Grand Sport. Um, but yeah, other than that, I just need to get you know, like some seat time. I know I know it's going to take a little bit of a day or two or three to kind of get comfortable with it. You know how it goes. It does seem like they're they're a car that a lot of people can get in and go pretty fast. Um, and they're very flexible, and they they're not like they don't have any like inherent gremlins as far as chassis setup goes so yeah, yeah i mean i've driven them on track i mean they're quite good like one of my favorite cars i've driven was a c5 um, yeah. and and you know i think it, it's funny because like you know you get people asking you like whether it's hpd and this that whatever like but there's two answers that come up a lot for like what car should i buy and right. one i always think of miata like probably nand right cheap for a beginner but the other car that that, that you always tell people is the c5 corvette right like like the balance the weight just for a factory car to take out and drive is pretty fabulous you know yeah there's there's uh, literally like when you when you ask like what's the best track car like other than miata there, there's <laughs> yeah. there's only four there's only four answers it's yeah. like miata of any generation like nb yep. na nc uh even nd uh kind of like how much money do you want to spend there's like yep. crappy old Hondas if you're a total dirtbag, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then there's like BMWs maybe if you like BMWs because they're yeah. like pretty rad, and then there's C5, C6 like that. They, yeah. those are the four track cars. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it really is like in most circles. I mean I don't think you get the Caymans and all that jazz, but like that's the whole. Different yeah, spin. but like I'm gonna buy my first track car. It's gonna be one of those four if you like want to. Yeah. If you want to build like a dedicated track car, unless you just want to be different for different sake. Uh, yep. like those four, like something in those four fits. That's the thing. You go to, you go to any track day across America. And that's and like 60% of the things. Yeah. You're going to see, you're going to see all those yeah. every time. It's going to be every gen uh, of all those four things. So. Yeah. I, I've owned a lot of BMWs in my life. I had an E46, I had an E92, I had right. an X5M, had a 550i. And one thing I considered an E36, I helped a buddy build one and, yeah. uh, Man, I, I for some reason, I do not like working on them. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just don't like like all the bushings in the back. And oh, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. They got a I, weird I suspension, but they really do. And, and and I'm sure it's not that hard. But like, I mean, it works, know, but it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, the the vet is very similar to the Miata, which is which is also very similar to the Viper. They're just right. like double wishbone, 
Well, it's just yeah, like it's a race a car stuff. Car. Yeah, it's, it's a race plane with double wishbone all around. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? Like, what's the preferred setup on a Corvette like this, as far as like bushings and A arms and stuff go? Do you just stay stock, or is there is there know. like the best um, off the shelf stuff? Or yeah. So so, uh, Lewis Gelati has uh, you know sent me with well, G Speed sent me a lot of stuff. So I've got full spherical's in this car. I figured um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a heck of a time. You know, pressing the old, I have a press, and pressing the old ones out was pretty easy, actually. Right. Well, the new ones, you know, I watched some videos, and that's one thing I haven't done is ever put in mono balls. And, like, you know, I think Lewis had a thing. It's like, basically, you heat them up for, like, a song, like three minutes, right? Mm. Well, I think, the yeah, so you, like, you put matte gas on, on that, you know, control arm, for, and then you freeze the other parts. Oh, and yeah, but, but I think the problem is like there's a there's a tolerance, and they just went kind of the middle. But I think from all the vets, there's a there's a slight tolerance. There's a plus or minus because they yeah. use rubber. Yeah, so mine required about like once I figured out they needed six minutes of heat, they fell in place. But like the the first they were talking about eighteen bushings to do, Jeez. and that yeah I think this wiring's bad. But I think back of that like well maybe that was worse. Are they steel or aluminum? Uh, they're, they're what is it? Now? They're uh, aluminum. They're aluminum ours, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean they're really nice. And uh, so yeah, I've got that stuff from him. I got solid motor mounts. I got solid drive shaft couplers because those have the Guibo things inside the oh, torque I, tube. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, um, like they're, they're actually the same as the BMW ones. Um, really? There's just two of them front and rear. Yeah. It's a big rubber weird thing in the middle, huh? Yeah, I think Guibos is what they call them. That's what they call uh, them. Yeah. Yep. And and. Mine were fine, but I've also heard like they they look fine up until they fell, right. <laughs> right? Like there's no way of physically saying, well, this thing good or bad is like I think they're good well, one day and, and they with, shred themselves. With a, with a transaxle car like this with a torque tube, like if you got it all apart, like anything that could fail, you should make new. Uh, that's what I did. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, that's no, a like, pain in the butt to pull out, right? It, it, it kind of is. I mean, I have a four post lift, and and you know probably a two post might be preferred for this car, but yeah, there's nothing you can't. You know, it, it's not that bad. I, I saw. A I mean, jack. a bunch of us saw uh, Swenson and Adam Ulrich pull his trans out, pull Swenson's trans out at NCM last year, but it still looked like it was a shit job. <laughs> yeah, like, them, them guys have like worked on these cars for so long. For them, it's like probably you know taking a bath. Right, <laughs> it's, a but shower. it's still like a two-hour like, shit bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for me, it's like, yeah, like I, you know, after you learn it, you get quicker. But like, you know, right. in between that, I'm like trying to figure out where's this stuff going back, or what wire am I cutting out, and right. you know, whatever. So, I, I had to get like ZR1 axles and hubs because the wheel speed sensors require the active sensors, which the C5 don't have. So oh, all that okay. stuff's been swapped. Yeah, um, which is also stronger. It's all SKF stuff. And then After Dark Speed is another company that you know, Paul. And Jeremy used, but um, they hooked, hooked me up with some uh, basically toe links and, and um, okay. you know, I've got like the, uh, what are they called? The, um, uh, shit. Well, like the, well, the toe links front and rear, but they also have like the, so you can adjust out the, uh, what's it called? The camber curve goes in or out. I'm mm-hmm. losing track. You know, bump steer. Yep, yep. So I got like their whole bump steer kit. So yeah, the... Uh, is After Dark Speed, of, is that Ryan Matthews? Is he affiliated with them? It is, yeah, yeah. I think he's ran with Grid Life. Yeah, uh, he's ran a bunch of times. Is, is that his company or no? It is his company, yes. Okay, yeah, I've seen a, I've seen his, I've seen the name all over his stuff, so... Yeah, super, super nice, nice guy. Dude. Super yeah, nice Yeah, yeah, I talked to him. And uh, he actually reached out to me and called me, and, or I cool. called him, and, cool. and, and yeah, so 
like hard to beat guys like that. I think he was, I think he, he's, he's talking about running something this year. I don't know if he signed up. Well, for, no, he's signed up for a bunch of things this year, but his engine in his, uh, uh, his C5 car is, uh, it's like stuck in machine shop purgatory. Uh, okay. So well, I think I've I've resold three of his passes already this year. So. Oh wow! Yeah, he's he's ran really really successfully in street mod. I think he won an event too one time. So. Yeah, I uh, think he was one to hit Mid Ohio, which is a lot of people seem to want to hit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if he's gonna make that either. I haven't I haven't really talked yeah, to him for a while. Yeah, he's been so. in, he's been in stuck in machine shop purgatory. So. Yeah, so the, I mean the Corvette world's pretty. You know, I, I think it's figured out. Like people know what to get and just kind of do what they say. Like I feel like that Miata. The Miata that I had wasn't really a car that was figured out. Like the NA and B, right. you know, Aaron and all them guys have those cars sorted. But but this NC is like a is a different animal, and and you know I didn't really know that going in. But like it's easier just to buy something that 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 they make it like you, like I think every part of this car there's five people that make the same part. Right. You know, so the availability hadn't been that bad for for stuff. But do, do you think it? Uh, so so a lot of people that have been in the grid life world for a long time. They know that they know you from like driving that rad Viper, and you'd session yeah. the crap out of it. You run it as much as you could. Uh, sometimes you were like part of a partner activation where you're literally giving ride-alongs, and then you run time attacks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think in Road Atlanta, a couple of years, uh, 2019, you ran like probably you probably ran a quarter of all the sessions combined. Like, yeah, because they had like the Bilstein team there, and I yeah, was like, you were, everybody wanted to ride. You yeah. were running so many. You were running SRT guys and Dodge reps and Bilstein people and and VIPs and like it was nonstop. There, there, so. There's people that's told me like that. <laughs> there's people that's like, man, around your Viper it was like, oh, I don't remember going to ride. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, the weird thing. I have no <laughs> idea who you are, so bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you do you think that uh, because of like that, and you've had what like CTSVs, and you've had a bunch of different. You know, big loud V8, V V10, whatever yeah. cars. Do you think that this car might just be more your speed, or like you just needed a change? No, I mean I've had Miatas for as long as I've had Vipers. Um, How many Vipers have you like had? A, uh, How many Vipers have you had? Uh, that was my third. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I had a Gen Four ACR. I had a TA Gen Five TA, and then I had the Gen Five ACR. Yeah. Um, but, but, but like along the whole time I, I had an NA Miata and then I got an NB Miata and then I had an NC Miata, I've had an ND, but I also like in between all that, I'd have like, I'd have three cars at times. It was just, you know, it was a nightmare out here in my driveway, but I had like an E46 that I tracked and I sold to a guy in Virginia and then I bought that car back like, I don't know, a year later and then I sold it to my buddy. Um, I had an E92, which I liked. I had, I had a Z28 Camaro. Yeah. Like that that one they had there for like one year or two years. I had a two CTSVs. I had the first gen, the second gen. Uh, matter cool, of fact, the, the first gen was 05, and that was the first time I ever went to track day. Yeah, um, yeah. was a Cadillac at dry, track day in Summer Point, West Virginia. Which but, track? Uh, some of, like the main course. Okay. Yep. And and that's kind of what I was on the forums, and it was like Andy Pilgrim was going to be there. I you know. And they were like, there's this track day. And I'm like, what's this? I, and I'd autocrossed before that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in 05 is, or 06 or whatever, it was a little different. And so I, I went and then, you know, it's like the, the needle got stuck. That's, <laughs> yeah, know? that was back when there wasn't then. many yeah. track events. There, Like, that wasn't no, a thing. You, you, yeah. I, used, I, I tell people, I was like, you know, you had to, like, it was really hard to find out where to go. Yeah, there was, um, like, there was NASA, sort of. Yeah. Um, and there was, Porsche like. Club. 
Yeah, there was PCA, NASA, and then there was like BMW. There was there was like little niche clubs sometimes, yep. like once a year at Gingerman. Ken Hansen's been around quite. Yeah, I ran with them yeah. early years yeah. ago. Ba- back at Gingerman, like in two thousand two, you could do. There was a club SI. It was like these Ricer Civic SI guys. There was there was like speed something. I forget what it was. Uh, I don't think people realize or maybe they take for granted today. And, like and how that was it. You, you could, yeah, you can you could right now. I could, I could sign up and go practice somewhere any given weekend. Any weekend, any, any probably any weekend. three out of five weekdays. Yes. Um, yeah, it it, it's so easy. It out. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, I'm glad, but um, right. But yeah, because it used to be hard. Like you'd be like, oh, there's a bit here. I think in you know three months, I can we, I can sign up and go to. But like, cause yeah. it's hard to find. Yeah, we when we first hosted our first event at Gingerman in 2004. Like it was, I think it was one of like f- six times you could get on Gingerman that year. Yeah, that's it doesn't nice. make any sense. Like how did like those how how was that a business? You know what I mean? So so when they came out with these track day insurances, right, right, yeah. The way I figured out how to find out what was happening <laughs> is I would go like what tracks are doing what. I would go to these track day insurance pages and they had a drop down list. Yeah. Of where so that's how I would literally find a track in a weekend to go to. That's crazy. <laughs> I would like use the the insurances pages just to find out who's running where. It's that crazy. is so wild. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it probably like 2010 when that stuff came out. 2012. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. So like we're not talking. It's 10 years ago, but yeah. it's not been that long. No, that's uh, that's bizarre, man. But yeah, what yeah I'm we- just hoping like this car. I just want reliability, and I do not like even though I like working on it at home. I do not like working on my car at the track. You know, I'm a one man guy, a crew, right. and I do not want to lay on the pavement and swap things out of it. I don't even want to, you know, merely put gas in the car. So yeah, even like, even like pulling tires off, like at some point, like Saturday night, yeah. I don't want to pull tires off. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think I'm just getting old. I'm 43, and I'm like, you know, I don't I don't want to be doing. I, I used not to mind. Now I'm like, I'll just pack up and go home and fix it at the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. So now I like I, I hope like this thing it's yeah. working at half its rate. So like, like knock on wood, it's I, I'm just looking for liability. Yeah, I mean, it, really, obviously the suspension, the diff, the trans, that stuff's not going to be worked. Yeah. Um, if the engine is solid, you're keeping the stock bottom end, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah if the engine's yeah, solid, it's like it's probably going to run for quite a while, and then if it blows up, then you just build a motor, you know. Oh, you don't even build one. It's cheaper to buy. You, you can buy yeah. an LS3 for $4,900 from, from GM. That's crazy cheap, you know, dude. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a full long block. Dude, like, you can't, not, dude, you can't, literally, you can't even buy uh, like a 150,000-mile Honda B18C5 for that money. I, I know. It's like absurd. Now, you know, you know, you got to. The only thing it don't come with is the intake. <laughs> it comes with a head. Like, you could spend like another $700. That's so cheap. The, the hot cam from GM already put in it. Like, so it's just a factory sealed engine. I think that's what Dalton, um, Dalton just put in his, uh, in his C6, uh, Dalton Klein. I, we just had an item on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he just bought it straight off a of Summit for like four or five Gs. So. Yeah, it's, in, it's insane. So, like, I think that – I mean, I have more money in the diff and the trans, actually. But, right. Um. But, but, yeah, I think, like, that's a no-brainer. Um, you know, as long as I don't oil storm, if I ever do that, I'll, I'll drive something up a new engine. But 
for are you, now. Are you going to do any kind of f- uh, fail safes as far as like oil pressure lights and stuff? Or yeah, all that. Yeah, like so. I mean, Haltex wiring harness has the cool thing is they use mostly GM sensors anyway. So I have fuel, coolant, you know, everything. I got every set oil temp pressure. Um, so yeah, I'll run that all to the aim dash and. Right. And hopefully I don't see that oil pressure light. <laughs> that's the only one I'm concerned about. That's the it's not the fun light to watch. So Yeah, but I, I've talked to guys like even James Houghton, I talked to him quite often and he told me he had a buddy, same things, ran the thing like ten years stock, just right. You know, kept oil in it and it, it works. So we'll we'll see. I, I think all we can do is see. Yeah, my so buddy ran ran NASA S T stuff also on big old fat Hoosiers. Yeah, um, and it was fine. Just add extra oil. Right. Yeah. It, it's sort of like the same as, like any any engine. If you give it the right amount of baffles, it's gonna work. Yep. Right. Correct. Yeah. So I'm hoping. I think these improved racing thing, the baffles are like kind of. I mean, they, I don't know. They they data traced them and stuff. I think up to a certain point, up to a certain G load. Yep. They they work good, but I think over like one four one five, they start. You know, you still have some oil pressure drop or whatever. Right. And, and the problem is weird. It's not even. It's not like the oil getting sloshed too bad to one side it, it the, the oil pumps all the oil into the heads right and then and then it just doesn't return fast enough so yep. i think one thing you got to watch not to do i bought a new oil pump but i got the stock one because if you get like a high flow pump it just makes the matter worse from oh, what yeah. i understand yeah because it's, so, it's throwing it up into the top end faster than it can drain back right correct yeah so i've learned you know this is a short amount of time i've learned quite a bit about these things i yeah. think and I'm sure, you know, again, with Paul and Jeremy and, you know, all them guys and Adam there, like, you know, it's almost, uh, it's like the easy button, easy button in the sense that they, they just already have most of it figured out. Right. Did, uh, did Adam Ora <laughs> do a, uh, full dry sump or no? Uh, yes. I, I believe his engine though. Yeah. He has a, um, daily dry sump as well, okay. but, 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 but his engine in that car is like that full in- build engine he was running last year. So yeah, he, like, I feel like he's, doesn't he have like a 468 or something stupid? Yeah, it's got the capability of making a bunch of power. Right. And, you know, he just wanted to come race GLTC he as just well. chopped so. all the power out of it. Yeah, yeah he chopped all the power. Um, you know, which is, again, it's kind of funny. But, like, like I, you tell people that and uh, they just look at you funny. You know, when, when Miata's making 210 horsepower, they're like, that's a lot. But if it's making 230, like, yeah, it's not very much. Well, the coolest thing is it sounds like it's making 500 and, and you do the longest dyno pulls ever. So yeah, people really are like, does. what yeah. are they revving these things to? This is a 10,000 RPM engine that I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think seven's about the limit. Uh, they, yeah. they just, yeah, they do sound good. It's like amazing how well they still sound. Yeah, it, they don't sound like they go, they don't sound like they flatten out at all. So. No, it's like back to the late seventies, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> four hundred foot pounds of torque and two hundred horsepower. It literally sounds great. I mean, we had Jeremy's car on twice last weekend, once on on his uh, on his request, and then actually he got impounded uh, in random impound. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, dude, that thing just revs to the. It, it's like it it seven thousand RPM sounds like it revs to fourteen thousand RPM. It just goes yeah, and goes. It, yeah, it's so long winded. The throttle body's open like twenty percent at the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta get. Yeah, that reminds me of like you know. Every, every time I think I'm getting close, I'm like, oh, I gotta get a tune. I've gotta do this. So there's, yeah. But but I still have at least a, what a month and a half, probably something like that. Yeah, it'll come up fast, but uh, you're. It looks like you're getting pretty close. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm not worried about it yet. Um, I know. You know. I know. There's a handful of other you know, Kutil's builds going. I he's going to try to make Mid Ohio, maybe New Jersey, and 
Gary bought a vet. He sold his NC. Gary Wimble, yep. Yep. I think there's a uh, uh, Kerry James, I believe, is building the ND Miata. Is he really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, he's been working on it for for not very long, I don't think. But oh, I, wow. I've seen photos with the cage. I know Nick Sator or whatever has a new cage in his E46, Spec 46, whatever it is. Right. So I think, yeah, like oddly enough, mid-season, there's going to be like a handful of new cars. Yeah, we're and regular drivers with, with brand new cars, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, same driver, new car. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, car, uh, so a big part of like the, the thought behind all of our rule sets is like this car hobby isn't just about racing. A lot For a lot of people, it's about like the building the better mousetrap thought and the Correct. philosophy and like the, the, the brain – the brain uh, worm that comes from like just thinking and building and thinking and building, you know? Um, yeah. And there's a lot of people that that is, that's actually probably more of the hobby than actually using the car. Like I got a buddy who, uh, and he's been on the podcast before, but like I built cars with him forever, tall Kyle. And like, he basically finishes one out of six cars. He'll no get kidding. it. He'll get it two thirds of the way there. And he's like, ah, this thing isn't spooling it for me anymore. Time to sell it. Uh, and, oh wow! Uh, like, there's a lot of people like that. They just like putting it up on the jack stands, and they 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 dick around with it for two years, and then sell it off. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. I know people like that. I, I don't have very much many patients. So, like, my whole reason for building is right. mainly so I can get to the racetrack. You, you and, definitely build fast. Uh, a lot of people don't do that too. So. Yeah, and, and well, and I think a lot of it, you know, is having the. The, the, the means to, to, to buy parts every time you turn around right. you know like like you know it's funny I, I, I bet you most of the stuff I've bought for this car has literally came from summit racing like they have that's kind of nice so many like GM parts and AC Delco and Cor- you know it's just it's, it's absurd yeah that's and ca- you get it the next day you know that's the other beauty it's kind of nice when you can like probably buy all the parts that you need in the town that you're in. That's kind of nice. Yeah, uh, you probably could. Like, if you wanted to buy, like the yeah, I don't like running whatever brand that stuff is. Sometimes dormant or whatever. Right. But but yeah, if you if you had to, you, you easily could. And that's um, yeah, like other than my seat, like my my harnesses, you know, all that stuff come from Summit. Um, right. And and it gets here quick. But like, there's always like I, I, one thing I find like building quick like this. Well, some say it's quick. Some some people build them quicker. But so you know, it's like like every time I turn around, like. You know, you, you're like shit. I need this one little thing to finish right. this particular part, or you know. So that's came up a lot. So like, I feel like every time I turn around, I'm ordering something, and and uh, it, it, sometimes it's small things. You know, it's a it lot of two hundred dollar days, though. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. It, it's like a lot of twenty dollar parts that turn into yeah, a couple hundred dollars here and there, and here every and there. Every day, every other day, and then pretty soon, yeah, that's a. <laughs> and, and then you get to like Thursday and you're like, shit, if I want anything to do this weekend, I'd have to have this overnight. <laughs> right, right. So that, that, that happens a lot. But like, again, they're, they're, they're overnight's pretty cheap. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be productive and keep moving forward. Uh, it sounds like you're almost there. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think it's one of the things like everything's kind of going to come together at the end at once, but, but I'm just trying to also take my time and, and, and even though I'm impatient, I have like I, I know I have time. That's the difference. Right. Well, I'm not I mean, rushed if, to try to make an event next week. Right. And I mean, you still have what till Mid Ohio, like uh, a little over a month. Um, and you're mostly yeah, it comes quick though. You're mostly yeah. there though. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll definitely be at Mid Ohio. I don't care. 
like I said, Adam and Paul has even, you know, like I said, hey, we'll come and help you. And I'm like, let me get to that point first because I'm not there. Like right now there's still too many little things that I just, right. you know, can do. Yeah, but if me, we get down to like the last week, yeah, we'll we'll turn it on. Yeah, <laughs> let let me need help. your help first, yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah, because I don't want them to come for the hell of it. But but that's that's possible it could happen at the end, but I, I doubt it. I think I'll be fine. Right. Yeah, some of it comes down to parts availability. But, but if you're close, like you're probably down to the – the last few orders right now. So. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It will, I, I've kept thinking that, and then the next thing you know, you keep spending more. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It never ends, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, you want to talk about the the, the vision thing too a little bit? Yeah. I uh, so the other day was it yesterday? The day before? I forget. Um, yeah. Maybe we, the day before. We we just started randomly chatting about something, and then uh, and then we were talking about incidents and like. Uh, crashing and you go two or three cars wide and like what happens, where do your eyes go, etc. Um, and you were, you were talking about how whenever you get two or three cars wide or four cars wide, um, about how you can't look around because you literally have to make sure that you keep your exact line. Um, and it made me think, well, yeah, that's what I do. But then yep. you were like, well, I watched some of these in-car videos and you see people like looking in their mirrors and they're freaking out. And uh, and it's like, yeah, I guess that would be a problem, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it, 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 I actually added something to the driver's meeting for GLTC about it. But I hadn't ever really thought about that um, until, yeah, if you go two or three cars wide into a turn with somebody, uh, your biggest job is not to look where they are. It's really to look where you are. Yeah, yeah. You have to lot. You have to put a lot of trust in that everybody's doing the same thing. Right, right. And, but you also got to maintain absolute perfection where you are doing the right thing. So. Correct, and, and, and you know, and, and I think you know, going back to what I used to instruct all the time, like, like you know, I just remember watching this really good. This other person uh, is, is online, actually. Like, like, like. The, I think the eyes are where your eyes go it may still be one of the hardest things to remind yourself of. Like we talked, like, you know, you used to see people that like keep your eyes up or whatever in their yeah, car, they would you know, put stickers on the dash on the steering wheel. It, yeah. And, 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 and it got me like, like years ago looking into the, you know, just looking at this stuff and you're like, well, well, like, like I, you hear that even when I used to instruct, you hear like guys say, well, well you got to look up, but like, to pinpoint that even further, like, what are you looking at? Like, like, cause we're not looking in the sky, right? Right. right. We're, you know, so, so what you should be looking at, and some people may know this, some people may not, but like, before you get to your brake marker, you know, you should, before you get there, like, like, you know, a couple hundred feet, you should already have that picked out. And, and then you probably, by the time you're at your brake marker peripherally, you should, you should have your eyes on apex, mm-hmm. like, like, like right then, like yeah, where's so the, point? The, yep. the complicated thing that people have a problem with is you need to look with your eyes at apex, but you need to keep your hands still straight in the brake zone, right, right? For for a bit, and then you keep your eyes on apex until right before apex, and and and, and it's like you don't watch it the whole way down, but 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 at turn in you're still looking at apex, but but turn in and, and braking you're, you're also looking at apex, but like. You just have to keep your hand straight while you're looking in. And I think when you start turning in, then your head will turn as well. Mm-hmm. Well, but right before apex, your eyes should instantly be an exit. Like like your, your, your eyes need to be way ahead of what you're doing. And 
and and that's like we talked about a little bit like when people's running off track yeah like there's only one way you do that in my opinion it's if you don't see that you're going to could be mechanical could be terminal you can get your speeds way wrong but you can get your speeds wrong but if your eyes are out your speeds are hard to get wrong like that's the whole the weird concept of like getting your you know we talked about like panic braking most people what happens is they brake later than they're used to so their eyes go out straight not right, to apex right. and then they overslow the corner because they're panicked and, and then they and they're like oh i gotta look in yeah so if you're not looking you can't judge the entry and you also can't judge the exit because like while you're at apex you ought to be looking at like where can i go to power yeah and your trajectory will send you to apex and you know if that doesn't work then you, you might have to lift a little bit i mean i watch tom's in cars he'll, he'll sometimes check up on exit because he's looking at exit right mm-hmm. he's not just driving you know, now there's times that it happens. Don't get me wrong, but that that all boils back into like when you're three wide. It's the same exact thing of if you're concerned about the two guys, you have to be concerned that they're there. But if you're looking left and right with your eyes, like at their fenders, you're going to drive. You're not them. looking where you're going. Yeah, and you're going to run somebody off track. You're going to run into somebody. Right, and that's you know. So like, I guess Autobahn's even a prime example. It's like, you know. I got all kinds of three wide, you know, in that Miata because it was horrible at the start. Well, <laughs> so, and, and Autobahn's turn one, turn two, turn three, like breeds contact. Yes. It's kind of like and, a decreasing and, radius, opening radius, weird, you know, f- the that turn three into million dollar corner, the straightaway between three and four, like cars yeah, flip around. Car yeah. turn, yeah. They, they flip around sideways and back into each other, like the turn one, two, three, and even turn four, like they're, they're just they are as crash prone as they get anywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like if you're, if you're coming in turn one and you're yeah. in the middle, you, you know, you, and you have a guy left and right, you have to know they're there, Yeah. but you absolutely have to keep your eyes out and you have to keep your car in the center of the track. Like there's no fans or butts. Right. Yeah. You can't be, and, and, you can't be darting back and forth. You're not going to hold the right line. Correct. Yeah. And I think it, maybe it goes back to your eyes up. If you're not seeing it, you right. can't be in the middle of the track. Like you're just not, you're, you just physically can't go there. And, um, you're like, going to want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Co- correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going to drift out or it's like you're driving down the road and you're reaching the back seat. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? You might end up in the other lane. Um, yeah, I had an instructor years ago, like, uh, second year. And he was like, look where you want to go. It doesn't matter. Like what we're talking about, if you're screwing up, look where you want to go. If you're, if everything's going perfectly, look where you want to go, look where you want to go all the time. Uh, yep. And he, and he even reinforced like, and I've talked about this in driver's meetings, part of my main driver's meeting. Like if you get crossed up and everything is going to hell, look where you want to go. go. Because sometimes Always. like your body and the car and everything, it'll figure out how to get there. Um, yeah, it's crazy how that happens. You know, um, I've had it happen more than a dozen times where it's like, oh, 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 and like you're you're in a tank slapper, and yep. and if you look at the wall, you might find the wall, but if you look at down track where you want to be, like yep. there's a better than zero percent that you are going to get there. There's probably a better than sixty percent that you're going to get there. So, well, if you're looking down the hood, like and your vision's really narrow, right? You're making these like micro corrections all the time that that. That, that may like obviously this car's not no, no corrections mid corner not such different but but like if your eyes are out further and you're seeing it like your your hands end up smoothing up also right, right. like but a lot of things happen there and and but but yeah like when you're in a spin like 
I mean, like you, you need to be looking, turn your head even, like look, look to where you want to kind of end up, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, don't look at the wall because you will definitely end up there. But There's a better chance that you will if you do. <laughs> co- correct. It's like weird how that happens. I, I had this trick thing that I that I used to tell, like one of them is my iPhone thing that Paul posted, like how small a tenth is, right? Right. Um, like, like start and stop your phone as quick as you can. It's really hard to get under a tenth, but that's mm-hmm. what we're dealing with sometimes in corners. And, but the other thing I, I messed with people about of like, if you have a door frame in your house, try to put you like, try to walk past it and put your shoulder within an inch of it, like exactly an inch mm-hmm. and, and, and do it two ways. One of it, look, look at it, just look at it and you will be able to do it. But the other thing is if you look down or up or like wherever away from you're not going to you're, you'll either run into it or you'll miss it by 20 feet mm-hmm. right yeah you'll be six and, inches and to the left versus yeah and so, so you're like like, like your, your your eyes are other than like the car sliding your eyes are the only thing that, that well you know there's hearing also but like at the end of the day your eyes are telling you everything what to do and it, it, it uh, and ever since we talked the other day and we've probably talked about this for half an hour uh, yeah, and I think like next time we see each other's each other in person, we should re up this conversation. But like, it, uh, it it was a it was like a fascinating brain spiral to like go down. Like, because this is stuff that like I was taught years and years ago, but you don't always think about it. Fundamentals, it, right? It literally, like, <laughs> it literally might, and it's not even like track fundamentals. It's just like here's here's how you like physically do this. Yeah, it's it, it's not talking about like entry points breaking, blah blah blah. It might be like instead of like the one oh one, it might be like the the one, like <laughs> or the zero, like yeah, track zero, output yeah. zero versus like one oh one. Like this is maybe it's so core that we all forget it, you know? Yeah, and I think for some reason it's easy to forget. And right, I was telling you like you know the me and Gary. Yeah, see, the pants is one thing, but, like, you know, I think all all the great, like, probably drivers, period, have really good, not, like, 20-20 eyesight vision, but, like, you know, they're looking way up and out. Yeah, and or, I think the drifters, I, I bet you, you know, you heard that's Andy or some, or Tom right. or, or Robert, but, like, I think it's the same thing, because when me and Gary and Ralph, we went to driving school, or we went to rally school. Ralph Giles, the, the famous yes. guy from it, Chrysler. <laughs> yeah, like, five years ago, we all went to drive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We went to a uh, um, a rally school, and, and again, we were like, "Oh, we better get this." And we're in ice the whole entire time at Team O'Neill, Tim O'Neill, mm-hmm. whatever. And it, it it came up again. They're like, "Hey, get your eyes out even further," <laughs> you know. Right. And you're like, "Oh yeah," like, and then it works. And you're like, "I forgot," you know, because sometimes you get a new car, you're on a new track, you're on whatever. Your eyes just tend to want to come down the hood, and and I think when you're comfortable, like it's easier to look out, but. But I think it's like mandatory. I think it's something that's easy to forget. It helps tremendously, and you know, I, I just kind of we we got the I got you know in chat groups or whatever. You see, you know, some impacts happen here, and you see videos and it's not whatever. And like it just got me thinking. I'm like, you know, I think for this stuff to be happening, and we can always say, it's, yeah, sometimes it's going to happen. But 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 also the reason like somebody might get ran off or or, or somebody might hit it like 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 push out into somebody mm-hmm. it's cause they didn't see, they didn't see where they needed to go. Right, I, right. I think they were more worried about the person left and right of them. Um, and you, but, but it, I think it requires a ton of trust. I, I think I told you, I hate to say this, but like, like there's been many, many instances where I'll, I'll put my car in the middle 
and I'm going to stay in the middle. And there's been times that goes to your head like, man, I hope this guy keeps inside. Otherwise, we're going to hit. You know, right. it's like, and there's been a many times that you come out perfect because they, you know, they did the, the right thing. They, they they kept their car. They were on the inside. They kept their car inside. Right. The guy in the middle in the middle, keep your car in the middle. The guy on the, guy on the outside, well, you know, he, he needs to stay on the outside, but he can also be shoved off. You know, but right. as long as the other two guys are doing their job, he should be fine unless the track's just closing down. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just a, I think that it incorporates into that, and it could probably help, you know, myself and everybody. I, I think, obviously, some of the guys probably, whether they're, like, it's being communicated, they're just doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wonder how much of it is, you know, everybody's like, oh, what's what's their face is just naturally talented. They're so good. They're so fast, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if, especially like, oh, their racecraft is so good. They're always so clean, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. And they say that about all these different people. Uh, but I wonder how much of that is just this. Naturally doing that. <laughs> yeah. Just doing this. I think uh, a lot. Uh, and I, you... like, I, I think back to like 10 years ago where I was like, you know, I, any given track day, I would be one of the faster drivers, right? Yep. Uh, and and then I like stopped driving so much because I got busy hosting, et cetera. And then it was like, I remember a couple of years ago running at Blackhawk Farms and and feeling like I couldn't do it anymore. And, oh, really? But I remember looking at my hood a lot and my gauges a lot and yep. my mirrors a lot. Your eyes had just dropped. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I really think that's a huge part of it. And it's and it's no. something that I, you don't hear talked about a whole lot. So. No, I, and I think it's uh, – you know, there's probably some sort of comfort level. Uh, right. Like, the more you – you know, like, like this is – I'm about oh, that's three huge. months. I'm, I'm sure it's this huge. This is one of the – biggest breaks i've had since i've started driving right and and and, and you look at like you know you, you, you can also well tom's is always fast anyway and so is andy and so a lot of them guys at the top but but like those guys also like i just see on their, their 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 social media they're driving a lot like all the time like like weekly never end never and where some of us are doing it monthly some of them are doing it three months some of it you know yeah and there's a difference there's a difference when you get out of a car and you're in a car every week and, and you're just, you know, the, that comfort level stays there. Right. And, and it, they're probably more relaxed because of it. Their eyes are probably out because of it. But yeah, you, know, you, just, you wonder if it's like this, uh, this, this like base fundamental, that stuff can, that stuff can like slip away and you just go back to your like seat of the pants yeah, instincts that are correct. often wrong. Correct. So, <laughs> right. and, and, and yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you're probably right. I mean, I, or I think I'm right. I don't know. I think I think it's a big thing that is, never gets talked about. That's why I wanted to talk about it. it yeah, it does get like it, like if you hunt it down, you can find it, but I don't think it's emphasized that much. No, even in like Ross Bentley's stuff, it's not that emphasized. Yeah, um, and and you can find the best. I, I think I told you, but like if anybody's listening wants to get on YouTube, there's a guy named uh, it's Driver Sixty One. His name's Scott Manzo, and he's from Europe. But the video's been up for quite some time, and that's what, what like when I've seen it, it, like put everything in perspective. It's from right. 2017, but he goes through like maybe not the passing part that we're talking about, but like the eye thing, and he hits it better than anybody I've ever seen. So I'm like half the stuff mm. I've copied off of him, um, but it makes sense. Like you're like, yeah, it's it's a maybe oh a 30 minute video or something, but it's like one of the best ones I've seen on eyes. And you're like nobody nobody everybody says get your eyes up. 
but they yeah. don't really go into detail of why or how or whatever or yeah, what to look at even. You hear it talked about in all kinds of drivers' meetings and all kinds of beginner yeah, rooker meetings. Very generic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I've always just said like basically like where you look is where you're going to go and that's yep. that's like prove me wrong you're not gonna because that's kind of what happens um Correct. But, but it's i've never thought about it as much as i have in the past three days or two days since we talked well yeah i even like you know joke you know and everybody does it but like missing apexes or whatever right you know you're not looking at them you're not looking at them that's all like i always tell my buddies that like that we run with just regular I'm like, like, cause we'll joke and be like, I miss that. I was like, what's well, cause you didn't see it. <laughs> That's the only way you miss it. Right. Cause yeah. if you see it, you either you, you stay off the gas or you slow down a little bit more or whatever. And you get there. Right. Um, now sometimes you might be pushing harder and you just don't worry about it. Right. If the exit doesn't matter. Cause there's times you can go through fast enough and like you got plenty of track out in a slow car. Well, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter in a fast car in a Viper. It matters. I like bet, like yeah. you use, and, and I think, like that's one thing. Like I learned years ago, somehow not to run the car off the track. And most of the East Coast tracks have walls. You know, like the ones I learned on. If you go on a off the track, you're in a wall. Yeah, it's not Gingerman. It's not all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and so I think like that. That even probably maybe it helps the vision more. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But like, probably like, a I better way just, to learn. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you know, I'm just going back to like this beginner my thoughts of like when I instruct beginners and stuff is like how scared they are tense to look, you know, like they keep the wheel cranked in on exit. They, there's like, they're afraid to track out, but, but, but like it's cause their sight line's super narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not looking, they're not comfortable. So I think it probably can, like, it's a good reminder for all drivers at, at the end of the day. It's yeah. not, yeah. it's not just, you know, the racers or whatever. It, it trickles all the way down. It's just a great reminder. Well, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm going to put something on my actual gauge cluster before I go to the track on Sunday. So, yeah, it's probably a good idea because like I think you get out there and you know, I've I've kind of I feel like I've been doing this forever and and you know there there's there was a point in time I didn't know, like just talking about going fast or lap times or whatever, but I feel like there's a point in time I didn't know what 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 caused like how do you go fast? Like that's a hard question, right? Well, yeah, you can you can instinctively get ninety percent of it, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And I think the rest of it is about being very precise. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and there's also that level of like, you know, like sending it's never a good thing, but it can be fast. Like if you're really aggressive, it can, can be, be fast, but you still have to be very precise. Like you watch the front of the GLTC field. Those cars don't look like they're killing it out there. Like they're, if you like they're in car. They're not they fast in a straight they're, line. They're really not fast cars, but they're running really stupid fast lap times because they're and, perfect. But the cars look so tidy, like right. like super clean, you know, and super clean. And, and again, I think part of that's their eyes are way out and perfect. They're they're hitting their marks. Yeah, perfect laps. Um, yep. per, yeah, like just running great laps. And that's all. Like again, back like once you get the comfort level of G load and the braking, braking's really hard always. But once you get all that stuff down, it's just like kind of back to the base, like a master of the basics, right? I mean, right. Uh, I, I mean, I'd also be interested to get somebody else's opinion on what I'm saying, but I, I don't, I, you know, like Tom or Andy or Jerry or somebody just like to put it in perspective. But I, I don't, you know, I think it's something he's talked about more sometimes. Yeah, I don't think that, I mean, you can say like, oh, well, maybe this is like, maybe we're talking about it too much, but I don't think you can be wrong. <laughs> it's not like this is use useless. So, uh, yeah, and I think like like you said, like 
it, it maybe one of the best reminders, like to like, especially when you haven't been in the car for a little bit, even. Right. It's been two months, three months, two years, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think that's where racing. So, so this is a prime example. It's actually a great example. Whenever another driver follows another driver off the track. Yep. Target fixation. There's a reason for that. Because they're not. They're watching. They're not yes. looking at. The, they're not looking where they want to go. They're not hitting their marks. Right. That's right. And now, now in a in a race, because I've caught myself doing this before. Yeah. I try to like even if you're two inches off somebody's bumper. Right. I'm trying to look through their car, like theoretically. Yeah. yeah you, Does that make sense? Well, yeah. You know where the point is going to be when you're approaching turn one at X track. You know, like. Yes. You, you, and, and, you can still look. You can still look in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, but if you're looking at them and, and and they go off, you're going to follow them. Oh, absolutely. And if you're yeah. trying to like, but so it's almost like you're looking. It's like when you put your hand up in front of you and look through it to the wall. It, it's like, it's like you have to almost see through, like theoretically, their car yeah. to where your point is. That's why. That's why blind corners are so hard for everybody because you can't see them. Right? I mean, that's what, that's gotta... why target fixation is the thing I talk about <laughs> in basically every main meeting. Like it's the same thing we're talking about. Yeah, though. because it's, it's it does eyes. it does happen. Like you have to hit uh, your marks. You can't hit theirs. And, and, so. and I think that's why sometimes it'll happen in a race. Even like you know, it's one of the things like whenever somebody breaks unexpectedly, right, in a corner or something. That's why it's like oh shit. If you're looking through them, like and not at them, like that. That's where you can be like, oh, I didn't expect them to break. So it, like like I've been close to like barely tagging somebody in the bumper because mm-hmm. you're like oh. You know, but but that's probably because you're looking through them and you're just peripherally seeing the brake lights come on real quick, right? It, it's also why a lot of people have won races when they were being challenged real hard by just randomly left foot braking about 20 feet early. <laughs> so, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, it's a I'll thing. I mean, it's definitely a thing. So. Yeah, I mean, even, yeah, the start of the race, you can kind of brake, you can, you can t- tag, t- drag the brakes in a little bit to make right. somebody take your brake behind them. Yeah, but, it's um, a thing. But, but no, I, I definitely think it is, and and uh, but, but again, I think, like I said, that's why people follow people off track is because they're watching them and they're just doing exactly what they're doing right. instead of like looking at back through them. So it goes it goes a long way, you know. Well, it, it's made me think a lot. I mean, it's there's been very few things is, is, that have made me think this much about like the core fundamentals and like how do you communicate that stuff. Uh, yeah. As just like this random chat that you and I got into yesterday or the day before, so. Um, that's why I was yeah, like, let's, like, let's talk about this. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, some like, like I have all these other stupid principles that I come up with, but this is always a big one. Like, you know, Eric, you can ask, Eric, I've, I've talked about this forever. Um, it's just something that I've always pounded in when I instructed and stuff. I'm like, yeah. and I can tell you can tell riding with somebody if their eyes are up or not. You can tell instantly. Right. Like, you know, it, it's it's funny how that works, but um, but yeah, I think yep. you know. Whatever. I have found it a lot easier to like hit my marks in my fit when things are coming at you so slow versus yep. versus like even my GLTC car, which is like a mid pack at best. Uh, it, it's it uh, you almost have to when you're in a faster car, you have to like you either have to have it have better instincts at it or you have to do it more actively. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think um, you know. You know, I think you know. I, I always wonder this, and 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 I don't know if it's you know. I, I've, I've thought about it. I wonder what like I've never had a car you can crank up a GLTC car 
But part of me wonders, like, if you, if you do have one, you can crank up. If you crank it up and drive it that way and then you crank it back down, it probably feels... It'll probably make it better. it probably make it better. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. But it seems like it probably would. Cause, I mean, I mean, you, you, know, like, you picture your, your old Viper, your ACR, that you did 2,000 track laps at different places in. If yeah. you chop the horsepower in one-third, uh, you wouldn't miss any marks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. That's what. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what's funny about that? Like even that car back then, like you could do cool down laps right. in mid Ohio, like mid thirties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real fast. And, and just you're just rolling through the corners, and and it's it's funny, you know how I mean I mean horsepower is obviously always faster, but like sometimes it's it's not everything. I mean the corner speeds a big like like the GLTC times are incredible. Like mm-hmm. they even my own time sometimes blows my mind. I'm like I can't even believe I'm doing that time. Right? right. I mean it's. It's kind of weird how, how quick the GLTC group is. I never expected it to be that fast. No, I didn't. I, yeah, I, I didn't either. I mean, I, like if, if you told me these cars are going to be running mid-Ohio at 35s or 36s, I'd be like, no way, no way. Well, especially and, like on street tires now. Like how fast yeah, they're yeah. still going. So. I know. That, like some of these tracks, you don't know why. I mean, it's the, 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 the pavement or something, but. Some of these tracks, the, the street tires, I believe, are just as fast as the Hoosiers. Right. I don't know how much of that's car improvement or whatever, but or just you know the tires have gotten that good, or, the, or some maybe different track services like different things. I, I don't know. Some of it is people are just running for their lives and they have to go that fast so they figure it out, you know. But yeah, if if they yeah, were the, if they were out there by themselves, they probably wouldn't get that time, you know. But. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like you know like on practice sessions, I have a hard time. Like I'll go out there and practice and get like back in the groove a little bit, but like I don't generally yank out really fast times. But right. when qualifying comes up, it's a whole different game, you know. Right. And 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 that's when I like I'll knock two seconds or whatever off my, my practice time. And you don't and even know where you trying. did. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you're just you know you got to turn that switch on. And I think when you're out there just turning laps for no reason or for it's really for me it's hard to like. I need to turn this on. You know what I mean? I need to go fast. Oh, I know. Um, I, that's that's half the reason I haven't raced a whole lot is because it's been hard for me to turn that on because my brain yeah, – and, and I've said it on the show like, before where it's like I almost crashed myself out at Audubon two years ago because I was like, did anybody call Time Attack to grid? <laughs> because, <laughs> you had to get back in. Yeah, because my brain, is, my brain is sitting in the pit cart under the tent like thinking about what I have going on, not like what is actually happening in my life. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, well, it kind of, like, I don't want to get into a whole other chapter, but, like, it's that subconscious, you know, that's talked about, too, a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like almost everything you're doing out there has to be done subconsciously. Almost, um, yeah, yeah. And, and if, you, if you have to think about it... Um, you're going to be slow, probably. Yeah, or, you, or you're, you or you're probably going to be behind. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, like, you'll just be behind if you have to think about it, versus... Right. It's kind of like, how many times have you driven home from work? Like and just done over the things and like find yourself at home. You know what yeah. I mean? Every every like, single time, right? Every every time. But like if you're going to like a new location, that doesn't happen. Like you're like you're like looking, you're paying attention to where you're going, and that's yeah. like the subconscious versus, you know, if you're at a new location, you're like kind of panicked and paranoid and like don't know mm-hmm. if I'm gonna make the left or right turn. But you can't you can't you, you know I think on your way home you can just you don't have to look at the road half the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's that. a it's almost a flow state thing like. Correct. Uh, and, yeah, and I, and your subconscious can react to your visual and audio and every all those other yeah. inputs better than like your actual conscious. You know what I mean? And I think on a racetrack, 
yeah, also, and I don't think you can like, you can't, with eyes you can control, you can't really control your subconscious. That's where the experience or, or practice and all that stuff comes into play. Right. Uh, it's just like you get to that subconscious state of, you're, you're out there doing it, you know, and you're not really thinking about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, I'm shaking the car down a little bit at Autobahn on Sunday, and then I got Honda meet in two weeks that I'm trying to get my, oh, P, trying to get my PB out of it, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Which like. Which car are you taking, the standard or the GLTC No, my, my GLTC car. Uh, I'm literally excited to like, like actively practice looking where I'm going again because it's something I have not thought about in for a long time, <laughs> five, yeah. eight years. You know, like yeah. you yeah. just you just fall back out of the habits that like the habits that that you had that you fall out of them. You're just getting down yeah. getting down to the seat of the pants bullshit that makes you slow. So. Yeah, I know you like drive away less random probably than me or anybody else. I, mean, I know you're you're there, but you don't get to drive as much, you know. Yeah, um, especially not the last few years. So yeah, uh, are I you going to race any? I know you love Mid Ohio like me. Pro- gonna... Probably not because I got a family camping trip happening that weekend. But um, okay, so I'm going to be like back and forth from racetrack to camp campground in Indiana. But. Okay. Maybe all oh, the same weekend. Same weekend, yeah. So I'm gonna oh, be wow. there all day. Th- I'll be there Thursday night, all day Friday, and then I don't know what the plan is. I'm. I'll, I'll, it's it's like half formulated in my head, but I do love yeah. that. I love that event, and that's the one that I would like to race at because I love that track. But yeah, um, yeah, kind of TBD still. Maybe I'll just bring the RV back up to the campground in Indiana and just park myself at the racetrack, and they can f- figure it out on their own. <laughs> so. Are you taking your fit there? Would you take, you don't take both, do you? No, I'll, I'll probably drive the RV and drag the dyno if I can't find somebody else to drag the dyno and bring that to mid-Ohio. And then I'll bring the RV back to the campground so the girls can camp. Okay. Uh, we've got, it's like a, it's it's a bunch of friends from our block and from church and stuff that are going to be camping at the same campground. So, like, they don't even really care if I'm there. Uh, but, <laughs> just set us up and leave. Yeah, like, I need, to, I need to bring the RV for the girls back to the middle of Indiana. And then, <laughs> but it's like a third of the way to mid-Ohio, so it's not that far out of the way. But, yeah, that's yeah. funny. So I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure out what I drive. I might, I might bring the Sunday cup car and then just commute in that just a couple hours in the morning and then. Yeah do some laps in that i wanted to do some laps in the sunday cup car at, at uh, autobahn but i had my daughter there so it was a lot of you know a lot of a lot of things to a lot of pieces in the puzzle at autobahn for me keep an eye so, on yeah, yeah i can bet she's she's busy How is, the, uh, is the dino uh with the uh, sunday cup stuff is it is it changed any of that very much or the most of them pretty good anyway well i mean they're most of them have been under except for the one that we caught at ncm that was over <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> These are the ones you think are over and end up being over. It's deal. <laughs> yeah, and and conveniently, the one that we caught at NCM that was over uh, ended up resetting the record and winning at uh, at Autobahn. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So and definitely being right at that power power limit in uh, Sunday Cup is still a thing. So. Oh, I'd say that's very important. Oh, um, yeah. In those cars, yeah. Twenty five to much, one is better than twenty six to one. So. Is there much choice on power? Or is it more of just your add or taking out weight? Uh, it's probably add and taking out. There's a there's a couple of tuning options for first and second gen fits, but most people don't, they have not done them. They just uh, kind of make what they make. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. make what they because they're you know, you're, you're not filling in the the middle of the power band a whole lot with a tune. You might make four or five here and there. Uh, okay. But it's uh, it's more about like yeah, getting a two weight or figuring out how to get it down or adding it back up or whatever. So. Yeah. 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 I drove, I drove Chris's a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that bulldog, man, I was, 
that was a blast. Those yeah, things were fun. But you really got to be precise. I mean, you got to be dead. No, you do. It's, yeah, I, I, it reminds me of like a like a regular N8 Miata, except front wheel drive. Right. Yeah. Like, literally, you know, you exactly. Have all that. the time in the world to think about not screwing up the corner coming. Right. <laughs> right? It's exactly like, that. Yeah. That's exa- the only thing you think about is do not screw this corner up. Do not screw this corner. Yeah. And, and like, like that's what I find in the really slow cars is that's all I think about is. Like get through this thing as clean as possible. It's just easier to it's easier to be on the basics than like when you're staring at the gauge cluster and you you're waiting for it to overheat and you're like looking for RPM. You don't have to do that in these basic cars. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny though, like I've had like you know because you always always got that question like how do you go from a Viper to Miata? I was like, listen, it, it you don't. You don't ever feel like you're going slow, <laughs> right? No, like it's all the same. Even when you're only going 120 down a back straight, you're still thinking about something. You're still, in, you know, I don't think there's. There, I think the lighter the car is probably the thing I've seen in in my history of driving is the more fun the car. I think it probably goes all the way down to go karts. Right. But but the heavier they are, the worse they are. Like like just in sheer fun factor, I think lighter is better. And power power doesn't really. I mean, obviously you go faster lap times, but but even the Viper, there's times you come off a corner and be like, man, like I, I can still use another hundred if you give it to me, right? <laughs> horse fire. It's yeah. just, do you need it? Not really. <laughs> I, no. mean, yeah. I mean, if you're like time attacking, obviously you do. But 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 you know, when you're just out there having a good time, I think I think lighter is better in my opinion. Yeah, the most fun I've ever had was in the lightest cars I've ever been in. So. Yeah, like you get in like a bigger CTSV or something nowadays, it weighs four thousand pounds. There's a lot of car moving around <laughs> on its own there. Yeah. He has a lot of time for everything to set and settle. One car that does it like phenomenally well is that G- is the GTR. Like I don't know how. Oh yeah. I they're yeah. not. Them cars just like work magic somehow. I don't know if you've been in one, but I, they're crazy. I, I've never driven one, but I've been in one on track, and they they do seem like they're better than the sum of their weight and the sum of their parts. So. You're correct. That's kind of. I haven't I haven't driven one on track, but every time I've set right seat, I'm like, this thing is like <laughs> it seems like it's outperforming itself. Spaceship. Yeah, it's really crazy. But uh, I, I really do like the lighter. The lighter it is, the better. The better it is, in my opinion. That's half of the reason that I built my car the way I did. You know, like yeah, just make it make it to where it doesn't even wear the tires out. You know. Yeah, yeah, because you get yeah. that too. You got less, you know, brake. Well, yeah. You got more brake life, more tire life, more everything. Uh, yep. makes it fun. Probably not as hard on components. Yeah. All right. Well, we did a podcast. I think we need we need to do another one next time we're hanging out, and uh, I'm going to practice okay. some of this uh, eyes up, look ahead stuff, man. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to just remind you. We, we get some. I hope get everybody some else does too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk about it. See if it. I mean, it'd be nice to make, like, yeah, if you even work on it. Let me know how. If it makes any difference or not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you think about it, I'll remind you. When are you going to the track? I'm going to the track on Sunday for a shakedown uh, at Audubon. I'll text you in the morning to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Honda meet in next weekend. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're... Uh, well, you're, you're busy. Then you got in, in New Jersey. And yeah, New Jersey a couple weeks later. Yeah. Uh, Scott Robertson busy and I are going to try to reset our PBs and GLTC race cars at uh, Honda meet. So that'll be fun. So. Is that at uh, Grit? That's at Gingerman? Yeah, Gingerman, yeah. West Michigan okay. Academy. So. Oh, yeah, always always I, a good weekend. So. Yeah, I've never been to one of those because I've also haven't. I, I did have a Honda years ago. You but don't have to have a Honda to come to Honda Meet. You just have to want to come it, to Honda Meet. So. You know the problem? I mean, it's, it's really like that track is still like almost eight hours for me. That's it's not like it's that hike, close. Man. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to do a shakedown day at Mid-Ohio, like one of, one of their instructor days or whatever they're called, or their their student days on like a Thursday. Mm-hmm. 
if I get time. I'm just I would like to shake the car down for a day before yeah. I come and race it. Well, if by chance it's ready for New Jersey, we still got some a few GLTC GLTC spots left. So yeah, Gary's trying to get. I, 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 if I can, I will. I will come. Um, but I just it's right. going to be push. I think that that's that's how close I am. I think it's going to be like probably right down then or, or not, but right. but right in that ballpark. So, but if I can, I'll definitely make it. All right. Well, back to work for you, man. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid like to say hello. 